Okay, welcome uh, everyone to tonight's Shir Parsha Zayichi, the last Parsha of Sefer Bereshis. Very interesting subject. Tonight's Shir is sponsored by my dear friend, um, Rav Hilla Goldstein, the Schus for Shlema for his grandson, Yaakov Mordechai, Ben Miriam, Shabbat for Shlema, Besar Shachalay Sorgon, Shom Shusen, his home Mishpacha, Surah's Toivois, Simchas, Rufuois, Adbi Asgoyal Tzedek. I want to invite everybody, uh, you could catch all the shiurim, you could watch the shiurim live on the new website, rabbidg.com, as well as on podcast, and there's uh, a Sashem, now on the new website, there are a number of weekly um, newsletters of Devei Torah, both in Lashna Kodesh and in English, that are available, so uh, please check it out. Okay, Parsha Zaychi. Parashachi has one of the most uh, well-known psukim in Sefer Bereshis. And it's a very fundamental pasuk in the Chumash in general. The pasuk says, and this of course is in the Berchas Yaakov, where, uh, where Yaakov Inu is speaking to Yehuda. And, sa- and Yaakov Inu says, <clears throat> Yaakov says, the staff should not be removed from Yehuda. And the lawgiver stick from between his legs. Ad until Shiloh comes. And to him will be the gathering of the nations. So, seemingly, Yaakovinu is saying that rulership, dominion, power, royalty, sovereignty will never part from Yehuda. He will always be some type of leader. What type of leader? Says the Targum, Yushalmi. Le'paskin malchin medbeis Yehuda. There will always be kings from Yehuda. Af la sabarin malfeiraisa. The teachers of Torah will also come from Yehuda. Adzma until when? Adzma diyesim alka Mashiach. Until the day of Messiah. Until Mashiach comes. In other words, if you want to know who will be the kings who will be the Rabbeim, will be from Shevet Yehuda. That is the Targum Yishami. In fact, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin Daphei, Kedetanya, Loyasr Shem Yehuda. What does it mean, Loyasr Shem Yehuda? How did this come to fruition? Elu Rashi Goliath. These are the heads of the Golos and Bavel, that they dominate the people with an iron fist. We know that there's a concept of Jewish uh, leadership has to be somewhat authoritative. And the leaders of Jewish people from Shevet Yehuda sort of were Roide Esa'am. Roide Esa'am means they, uh, with power. Yeah? And Umechoi Keik Mivain Raglov and the lawgiver stick. Elu Bnei Banov Shel Hillel. These are the grandchildren of Hillel. Shemalamdim Torah Baravim. That they teach Torah publicly. In other words, we know Hillel was a descendant of David. And the, the, the <coughs> children of Hillel taught Torah publicly. So we have a number of different interpretations of what does it mean, The Targum says, kings will come from Yehuda. The Gemara says, the Rashi Goliath will come from Yehuda. The, the Torah teachers will come from Yehuda. But let us begin with the classic words of the Ramban. This is perhaps, it's got to be like top five Ramban in Chumash, one of the most well-known Rambans. I spoke about the Ramban um, Monday evening in Miami. Speak about it Friday in Passaic, but here we're speaking about it in a new uh, new chidushim. 
The Ramban and Parshas Vayichi. The Ramban says, what does it mean that royalty or rulership will not part from Yehuda? Does that mean kings will always come from Yehuda? Forever and ever and ever? The kings of the Jewish people will come from Yehuda? We know that's not true. We've been in Golas for the majority of our existence and we didn't have kings from Yehuda. Says Ramban, it doesn't mean that there will always throughout Jewish history be kings from Yehuda, because the Pasuk says, God will carry away you and your king to a foreign land. So if they have a king in the Golas, when Sikio was in the Golas, <clears throat> when, when we went into exile, we didn't have a king from Yehuda. Furthermore, the Pasuk says in Hosea, Yomim Rabbim Ein Melech B'Yisrael, the Jews for a long periods of time were lawless, without any leadership. So it can't be the Navi is guaranteeing and promising that the Jewish people will never go into exile because we know one thing that we know as, fa- as fact as uh, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west is that we, we've gone into Gullus in our life. So what does it mean, Says the Ramban, does not mean there will always be a king in the Jewish people from Yehuda. It means that it will never go to a different Shevet. Whenever there is sovereignty, whenever there is sovereignty, it will belong to Yehuda. You're not going to have a Jewish king and he's going to be from Asher. You're not going to have a Jewish king and he's going to be from Zavulan. You're not going to have a Jewish king, you say, where do you come from? I'm from Naphtali. No, whenever there is a Jewish king, he will come from Yehuda. What about him? Oh, he's not from Yehuda. We'll deal with that. We're going to deal with that. Good question. The Ramban continues, and um, no extra charge, but I broke up the Ramban into user-friendly pieces over here. So, you know, you see a long, long Ramban, you get very scared, and you might not come back next time. So this way, you know that uh, after a certain amount of time, we break up the piece, and uh, everything will be good. Shalom al-Yisrael. Okay. The Ramban continues. This Pasuk is being Marames, that Yaakov was Mamlich Yehuda over his brothers. Now, that language of the Ramban, which Simchazis Obroide points out, it doesn't say Yaakov was telling Yehuda, God will make you the king. Yaakov was coronating Yehuda. That even implied, furthermore, that Yaakov made Yehuda the king. He gave it, in other words, there are two points. That means Yaakov was authorized to decide who should be the king of Israel. I mean, who told Yaakov who should be the king? Why does Yaakov have the right to decide who's going to be the king? Let the Jews appoint their own king. Isn't there a democracy? The answer is there's no such thing as democracy in, in Judaism. Democracy is not a Jewish concept. Yaakovino decided. That's the first thing. Yaakov decided who his children's king should be. Secondly... That implies that Yaakov is invested with the ability to declare the next king. So, I, w- I would like to explore that subject in a, in a different shear. <coughs> I have a thesis that Yaakov was a melech. Because who could decide who, who the next king should be? Only the king. So, as uh, basically almost every shear so far, Sefer Bereshis, has been on this topic, if you've noticed the concept of Malchus and Klal Yisrael, starting with Avram Avinu, who was proclaimed to be a Melech, right? Um, Rashi brings down that the whole world proclaimed Avraham as a Melech. In the Targum Yushalmi says in the beginning of Ayigash that Yehuda says to Yosef, eh, you think you're a king? My father's also a king of Canaan. 
Yitzchak perhaps wasn't a king, by the way, which might explain that when David Amach needed 70 years, he got years from Abraham, he got years from Yaakov, he got years from Yosef, but he needs royal years so he could get from the kings, Abraham, Yaakov, and Yosef. He can't get from Yitzchak. Why can't he get from Yitzchak? I want to say he can't get from... This was a different share, but I just summarized it in two minutes, but I never gave this other share. Yeah, I wanted to give it maybe at the end of the week. That Yitzchak can't be a king because Yitzchak is already considered like he's not alive. He's Kate's Chai. He's in the end of days even though he's alive. And there's a concept in Shilta and Biyay There's no royalty when you're already in the next world. So maybe Yitzchak wasn't a king and therefore he can't give royal years to David. That's Stama. Yeah, so... Right. So he's, so he's amazed. So Ebein Shilta Biyay Okay, but let's continue back to the ranch over here. That uh, Hashem promised, according to Ramban, that so long as there is royalty in the Jewish people, it will belong to you, it will not go to any other tribe. <clears throat> but, now, it said, God doesn't say, so, so Asi asked, what about Shaul? Shaul did not come from Shev Yehuda. Who did Shaul come from? Binyamin. Ah, <clears throat> says Ramban very, something very interesting. It doesn't say the kings of the Jewish people will always be from Yehuda. It says it will never be taken away from Yehuda. That once God gives it to Yehuda, it won't be removed from him. But there will be a time where God didn't give it to Yehuda yet, namely Shaul. And even Shaul, we said many times on the Shalak Hadash, it was borrowed. It wasn't really his. And that's what the Ramban says, <coughs> that it belonged to Shaul. But once the royalty was given to Yehuda, it will never be taken away. Ah, Look at the Ramban on the sixth line. <clears throat> Ask his question of Indian Shaul Haya Kibabur She Devar Shela Samalchus Vesi Nisav Itzak Ah. Now, why did God do that? In other words, why did Hashem first give the Malchus to Shaul and then take it away and then give it to Yehuda and keep it by Yehuda forever? The answer is, listen to the Ramban. Now, when the Jews originally asked for uh, a king. It wasn't good in God's eyes. God was very upset about it. As if, excuse me, uh, you know, king. Now imagine you go over to, um, I don't know, you go over to, uh, you go into a restaurant and uh, you go to the cook and you say, can I have a cook? You know, a good cook? I mean, so imagine you go to God. Uh, who's the king? God's the king. The king. So it was not correct in God's eyes that we ask for a king. And therefore God knew that that uh, giving over of royalty would have to be taken away from them. So Rebbe Hashem knew that if he's going to give uh, royalty to Yehuda, it would have to be taken away from him. So what did Rebbe Hashem do? He, did, he gave it to Shaul. This way he could take it away from him and then give it to Yehuda and it would never ever be taken away. That's the... Uh, that is the position of the Ramban. In other words, the Ramban says that since royalty would, since Rebbe Hashem deemed it inappropriate that they asked for a king at that point in time, therefore Rebbe Hashem didn't want to give it to Yehuda because then it would have to be taken away from him. So therefore the Rebbe Hashem gave it to Shaul and then ultimately it was taken away from Shaul. I... Yeah, but Yehuda wasn't really a king. The Ramban learns the first king was David. Now... I, the Ramban asks, the Pasuk says, take a look at number 14, 
that when Shaul acted foolishly, Shmuel said, Oh, I am a Shaul, Shaul, Miskalta, you acted foolishly, you did not guard the mitzvahs of Hashem, Asher Tzivach, God would have established your royalty forever. Shmuel says to Shai, Shal, you blew it. If you would have acted properly, you would have been king forever. What do you mean? I thought Shal was just on borrowed time. And God only allowed Shal to be king because he knew that since it was an appropriate request, he would be able to take it away from him. So God gave it to Shal to be able to take it away. So what does the Pasuk mean? That had Shal acted correctly, he would have been king forever. That's Ramban's kasha, by the way. The Rabag asked that kasha. And the Rabag says that Oilam doesn't mean forever. And before I tell you his proof, I'll tell you my proof. There's once a rabbi, and people would say about him, yeah, he speaks forever. Right? He, does he really speak forever? I mean, you know, eventually, whoever... You know, they say that about everybody. They get down after a while, after, you know, an hour, after two hours. How, how much could you go over time? So it's not mamish forever. It's just a figure of speech, right? Or um, you go, you, you wait online. Oh, that line took forever. It didn't take forever. Eventually, after a few days, you, you got what you needed, you know? I, I called up customer service. It took forever. You know, by the time Shabbos came, you got what But... Forever is, is an exaggeration. Like the the, the pasuk says, and you will uh, you will serve uh, forever. It means till yoyval. So it says Ramban. It doesn't mean that Shmuel said to Shaul, "You'll be the king forever." It just means uh, for a long time. But ultimately, it would have to go to the Malchus Beis So now, according to the Ramban, if somebody took royalty from Yehuda and brought it to a different shevet, that would be considered inappropriate. And now the Ramban voices one of his. Uh, most notable opinions in the whole Chumash. Says the Ramban, in my humble opinion, all the kings that ruled over Israel from any other shaven after David, be it Yeruvim ben Avat, be it Chves, uh, all the Malchei Yisrael, be it the Chashmonoim, they all violated the Das Torah of Yaakov Avinu, who said Malucha belongs to Yehuda. They had no right to do that. Now why did they do that? Now, they had a heter in the beginning. The heter in the beginning was, there was a man by the name of Achia Hashilani. Who is Achia Hashilani? For those of you who um, like to learn the Nevi'im, there's something called Nevi'im, the prophets, right? Those things, those prophets. And one of the interesting uh, figures in Navi is Achia Hashilani. He's the longest living person, perhaps, in history. He left Egypt... And he was the Rebbe of Elio Anavi. And I'm not telling you Divri Agadita, the Rambam, when he writes the Messiah of the Torah, he writes, Achiyah Hashiloini left Egypt, he was the Rebbe of Elio Anavi. In yeah, fact, Rambam, Rambam, Maimonides. Okay? In fact, the Briskorov says, when Mashiach comes, and we say, Teiku, Tishbi, Yitaris, Kushyus, Vabayos, Elio Anavi is going to, we have a Shaila Nalacha. So we're going to ask Eliyahu. We may ask Eliyahu, Loi Bashamayim he. Right? What's halacha? If somebody doesn't know what to do, they have, they have a shail in halacha. And uh, they ask the Rebbe Shalom, and the Rebbe Shalom says, do X. And they call a halacha hotline, and the halacha hotline says, do Y. What do you do? To follow the halacha hotline. It's not... The, what? Oh, so what about Ilyo Anavi? So Ilyo Anavi is going to come back. But isn't he an angel? 
So the Chassam Sefer says, no, he was a Navi. He had smicha from Achi Hashiloini. And he's a Chacham, Mechach Meisrael. That's what the, the Briskorov brings down. Okay, but bottom line is, so it says, the Achia Hashiloini said as follows. Why not Because he ain't coming, because... Uh, he's a Rebbe. Why not him? Before yeah, Tchiyas Amisim. He's the one that calls Eliyahu Anami. Was that him? <laughs> what? He's the one that calls Eliyahu Anami. Because he's, oh, he's only going to come back by Tchiyas Amisim. But Eliyahu Anami comes back before. Right, he's coming back before. So, so he's going to tell us all the halachas. Oh, says says the Ramban. Achi Hashiloni said the following nevuah that I'm going to afflict the descendants of David, but not for a long time. So, based on that prophecy, they had a right to sort of depose the Malchei Beis David for a short amount of time and coronate the Malchei Yisrael. However, when they took that nevuah to the extreme and they continued to appoint king after king after king for the Malchai Yisrael, that was a violation of the opinion of Yaakov Avinu and they were all punished. And says the Ramban, that is why the Chashronam were so severely punished in the times of the Bayashim. Says the Ramban, the most, one of the most famous things the Ramban says, because they were Chasidei Elyon. And if not for them, the Torah would have been forgotten. But they were punished terribly. Why? The four children of the Zakein were Hasidim and they were the Melech of Yisrael generation after generation after generation after generation and they were all wiped out to a T, to the last one and to the extent that the Gemara says in Baba Basra that anyone who says they're from the house of Hashmonam is an evident because there's a man by the name of Hordus and Hordus had his eyes on a certain woman from the house of the Hashmonon and she got wind that Hordus wanted to live with her and she was about to jump off the roof and she says, from now on, anyone who says they're from the Hashmonon is an Eved because I'm the last one and she jumped off the roof and the Gemara says he preserved her for a certain amount of time in honey and he, perhaps, he violated her even in what, when she was dead but the bottom line is, says Ramban, why were the Hashmonon wiped out? Because they violated the Das Torah of Yaakov Avinu that kings must come from Sheva Yudah. And the punishment was Midah Kenegin Midah. Because, says Ramban at the end of Dalit, they allowed, they ruled over their brothers. God allowed the nations of the world to rule over them. And then the Ramban says an interesting thing that's not as well known. And he says it could be that aside from the fact that only the descendants of Yehuda are allowed to be kings, there was a special problem with the Chashmonon. And that is they were Koyhanim. And a Koyin cannot be a king. Why can't a Koyin be a king? Because the Gemara says, the Yushalmi says, they need to be dedicated to the Avoid and the Beis HaMikdash. They have to be um, devoted to the Avoida. And therefore, this would be uh, antithetical to their tafkid. And that's another reason why the Hashanah were punished so severely, because it's bad enough that you're, you're taking Malchus out of the hands of Shevet Yehuda, but that the Koyhanim should be Malachim, that's, uh, that's very terrible. And it is very well known that the, the Chassam Soifer is reputed to have said, even though there's a lot of controversy about this, because this is not found in any of the writings of the Chassam Soifer. In fact, the Chassam Soifer 
writes a completely different reason, but the reason why there's no Masechta for Hanukkah is because who redacted the Mishnah Rabbi Yudah Anasi? Rabbi Yudah Anasi says, I come from the Davidic line, and therefore, in deference to his ancestors, Malchus Beis David, he, so to speak, took umbrage to the fact that the Chasmaram became Malachim, and he didn't give them the limelight and the spotlight to have a Masechta of Hanukkah. And some say, Chas V'Shalom, Rebbe would try to, you know, take, have a personal vendetta against the Kohanim, and they try to explain perhaps maybe Baruch HaKodesh, Hashem, so to speak, stood up for the honor of the Machas based on it. Be it as it may, Marv Rabbi said, this is the Sheet of the Ramban, and I think uh, most of us are accustomed to learning Chumash like the Ramban, that the Chashmonon sinned by taking over the Malchus, and that is why they were wiped out. But what we would... Who was arrested there at the time, by the way, Rabbi? The Chashmonon were 206 years into Bayesheni. Not for them. Who would have been? Who would have been, who would have been the malachim? Yeah. I don't know, but uh, doesn't make it right. Was, you know. No, no. What are you going to do? You know, if you don't have a coin, you don't have a coin. So if you don't have a melech, you don't have a melech. That's for an aliyah. But who was Chashmonai? Where did he come from? That's that's what they were called. No, they were they were they were koyanim. They were called Chashmonai. Okay. This is the opinion of the Ramban. Yeah. What is very interesting is, most Rishonim disagree with the Ramban. Most Rishonim learn, the Chashmonam did nothing wrong whatsoever. But what do you mean? So that is what we're going to discuss tonight, the opinions of the Ran and the Abarbanel, most notably the Abarbanel, regarding how do we understand and this is not what we discussed earlier in the week. This is uh, the subject of how do you understand what Yaakov Avinu said, And the Ran, in the Drosh Haran, at the end of Drosh Shavi, begins by asking the following question. And that is, says Ramban, if Yaakov Avinu, you think Yaakov Avinu was just saying, by the way, Yehudalah, Kindalach, Yaisafal, Reuben, Shimon, Levi, let me tell you my personal feeling about how I want your future to be. You should be an accountant. And you should go, you should be a doctor. And Yehuda, I want you, I want you to be the king. And I don't want any of the brothers to, to meddle around. I want you to be the king and I come to your house for Pesach and you be sitting on the throne. You think, you think Yaakov Avinu, this was like, he got in his head what, how he wants the, the Enochloch to look like? <laughs> this is a, an ethical will of Yaakov Avinu. You think Yaakov Avinu called up Rabbi Zon, and he said, Rabbi Zon, uh, Rabbi Zon wanted me to speak about mask. I think Parshas Vayechi is uh, something about end-of-life issues. So Rabbi Zon, this is, this is, a, this is a good start. Right? You think Yaakov Avinu went to Rabbi Zon, and he said, uh, how do I write an ethical will? And uh, Rabbi Zon said, look, tell all of your brothers, tell all of your, uh, of your children what they should do in life. So Yaakov decided Yehuda should be the king. And uh, the Chashmon violated the ethical will of Yaakov Avinu. It says the, the Ran, Yaakov Avinu is a Navi. And he's saying prophecy. And if he's saying prophecy, he's saying prophetically there will always be kings of, from Yehuda. The only thing is, it never happened. For the vast majority of Jewish history... We didn't have kings from Yehuda. <laughs> we left Egypt. Who was the king from Yehuda? 
We kind of came into Israel. Who is the king from Yehuda? We started having kings. Shaul, he's from Yehuda? No. Oh, but what do you mean? David, Shloimeh. Okay, and then it ended. There you go. Then it broke away. Yerav ben and all the Malchai Yisrael. For the rest. And by Yishenu, we didn't even have kings. So, this is not Yaakov Avinu's personal will that, that he decided because Yaakov Avinu thought that Yehuda would be a good Melech. These are words of prophecy. And Vulayin Eskai Marak made David Shloimeh. It was never fulfilled. And therefore, the Ran, and this is uh, expanded upon by the Abarbanel, the Ran says something very interesting. He says, in terms of the Chashmanon, Chashmanon were not real kings. Because I have a Kasha. Avakasha. Yaakov Avinu said, Lo Yehuda. The rulers will always be from Yehuda. But uh, Joe Biden is not from Shevet Yehuda. How could it be? It's a stereo to what Yaakov Avinu said. Trump, even though Donald Trump is Gematria Mashiach ben David, fine, but he's still not from, he's still not from Shevet Yehuda. Obama, for sure, I happen to know personally, he's not from Shevet Yehuda. Saying Jimmy Carter, I don't think uh, could claim. So Avakasha, Yaakovinu said, Yehuda. Obviously, it's only when there's a Jewish king, that Jewish king has to come from Yehuda. Says the Ran, the Chashmon were not Jewish kings; they were puppets. Who are they puppets of? They were puppets of the Roman Empire and the Persian Empire. The Greeks fell, and the Greeks were dominated by the Persians. And you could debate this historically, but the Ramban writes in number 12 in the second to last column, he says five lines from the end, The kings that ruled in the second base of they did not dominate, they did not reign on their own. They were a vassal, they were puppets of the Persian and Roman Empire, and therefore they do not count. Okay, Marv Rabbi comes out Barbanel. Rav Don Yitzchak Abarbanel was born in the year 1438. Ratzach. Ratzach. 1438. He passed away in Reish Samach Ches 1508. He lived 70 years like the lifetime of his great predecessor, King David himself. Barbanel was one of the most Majestic, magnificent personalities in Jewish history. And he quotes the Ramban and he proceeds to completely disagree with every single premise of the Holy Ramban. He asks eight questions on the Ramban, um, which are very powerful questions. He quotes the Ramban. The Ramban learns. Layasur Shevet. Shevet means the staff of royalty, the staff of Malchus. What's the proof of the Ramban? The Pasuk says in Tehillim, Shevet Mishar Shevet Malchusecha. The staff of justice, the staff of royalty. That implies the word Shevet means Malchus. Comes the Holy Abarbanel and he says, What are you talking about? Bemachilas Kvoid Tairascha Harama. Says the Abarbanel number 15. There are many, many mafarshim on the Brachos Yaakov. Rishonim, Achroinim, says the Abarbanel. This is not something we could ever say, but this is how the Abarbanel says it. 
There's one thing all the Rishonim have in common, says Abarbanel, when it comes to the Berchus Yaakov. Again, this is not something we could ever say. I'm just telling you what he says. And that is that what they share in common is they're all wrong. Says the Abarbanel. They all veered off. Again, we, we're not authorized to speak this way about another Mefarish or, but for the sake of the Mechamta Shotar, you get a little bit of a flavor how the Abarbanel expressed himself. First of all, the Ramban brings a raya that Shevet means Malchus. First of all, says Abarbanel, if Yaakov Avinu meant kings always have to come from Yehuda. You know what he should have said? He should have said, Layasur Malchus Yehuda. Would that have been so complicated? What do you need to get all poetic for? Layasur Shevem Yehuda. Just say, Layasur Malchus Yehuda. Furthermore, the Rabbah wanted to bring a raya. Since it says Shevet Malchus Secha, that Shevet means Malchus. Just the opposite. If in Tehillim it says Shevet Malchus Secha, that means Shevet does not mean Malchus. And if it meant Malchus, it would have to use the adjective Malchusecha. And if in this passage it says, Lo Yasser Shevet, then it's not referring to the Shevet of Malchus. And therefore says Abarbanel, look at number 16, bottom line, Umalanu Why do I need to believe the words of the Ramban? It says somewhere I have to believe what the Ramban says. Why does Lo Yasser Shevet mean that kings will always come from Yehuda? Next, question number two. And it was when there was a king in Yeshurun. Who's the king? The, the Gemara says God. But that's not Pashup Shat. Rabbi Yitzchak is saying, it's The Rambam says in Elchaz Sabahira, if you want to add to Jerusalem, you want to expand Jerusalem, you want to expand the Azara, you need a Melech. You need a Navi. You need the Urim Batumim. So how the Jews do in the desert? <laughs> Says that Barbara, no, really? Moshe was a king? Guess what Shevet he didn't come from? He didn't come from Yehuda. <coughs> Yoshua ben Nun was a Melech. What Shevet did he not come from? He didn't come from Yehuda. Oh, by the way, so I would humbly answer. Interesting Chiddush. The Rachayim HaKadosh in this week's parasha, I want to give a share on this subject, learns... Who will Mashiach be? Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the famous Shita Lachayim HaKadosh. Mashiach will be Moshe Rabbeinu. You ever hear that? That's the Shita of the Archaim. He says, Moshe is Rashi Tevois, Ma Shehoya Hu Shiyah. Moshe, Ma Shehoya Hu. That's Archaim HaKadosh. So he asked the Kasha, but Moshe doesn't come from David. How could he be Mashiach? So what do you mean? Moshe, that says big ghost, incorporates all of Israel, including Yehuda. So, and then he says, those who understand, understand. So obviously there's some kind of Kabbalistic concept that even though Moshe doesn't come from Yehuda, but he incorporates all of Israel, including Yehuda. Now that would answer the Abarbanel's Kasha. How could Moshe be a Melech? He doesn't come from Yehuda. He comes from everybody. But the Abarbanel and Archaim Hakadosh, they're not on the same. They're not. They're not talking on the same wavelength. Archaim Hakadosh is talking b'derech Kabbalah mysticism. Abarbanel is asking on a practical level. If Yaakov Avinu is saying that kings always have to come from Yehuda, Moshe wasn't a king. 
Yoshua ben Nun was a king. Elama, you'll say the Chiddush of the Ramban, that it doesn't say kings always have to come to Yehuda, but once the king starts from Yehuda, lo Yasur, you can't take it away, says Abar Benel, there were Shoftim, and the first Shoftim of Kal Yisrael was Asniel ben Kenaz. And guess what Shevet he came from? Yehuda. And then you had Shoftim from many, many Shvatim. So how, how do we understand this? Number three. This is an interesting question. Let's try to fully understand it. If Layasur Shem Yehuda, according to Rambam, means not that there will always be kings from Yehuda, but rather so long as there are kings in Kla Yisrael, it won't go to another Shevet, shouldn't the Pasuk say, shouldn't the Pasuk say, um, Layasur Malchus Mi Yehuda? Uh, whoever, uh, the, uh, those who are watching, there's... No, I think... It's a battery. It's a battery. I'm out of the battery. No, I'm out of the It's okay, it's the battery. It will be on that. It's fine. Layasur Sheva Yehuda. In other words, the Pasuk should say, Layasur Sheva Yehuda Me'al Achiv. It should say explicitly, the Vanisham will not allow a different Sheva to rule over Yehuda. Next kasha. This is an amazing kasha. And what does Machlokes Ben Ragrov mean? The lawgiver staff from yeah. between his yeah. feet. What that means is a... Very poetic. We'll have to discuss that. I don't, I don't have anything on that right now. Okay. Next kasha. Next kasha. come from... We're going to see, we're going to see. The Pasuk says that when you appoint a melech, you have to appoint a king from among the Jewish people, right? We know that's a din, if you look at number 21. You should appoint a king from, a, from the Jewish people. Right? We know the Pasuk is saying you can't appoint a Gentile king. To ask that Barbanel, no kidding, you can't appoint a, a Gentile king. He has to come from Shevet Yehuda. What do you need to say? You can't appoint a Gentile king. You can't appoint a king from Zavulon either. Yeah. Number five. Shlomo Melech Sin. So God took Malchus away from Yehuda? Why? Take it away from Shlomo. Give Malchus to uh, anybody else. There, there are many, many people you could... Uh, give Malchus to. Well, why do you have to take Malchus away from the entirety of Shevet Yehuda? Just take Malchus away from Shlomo. You could give it to anybody. Furthermore, question number six says of Abernal, number 24. This is a Gavaldi Gakasha. This is a very long Gakasha. Why did Ivan Shem give Malchus to Shaul? Because since the Jews acted inappropriately and he knew he was going to have to take away Malchus from them, he didn't want to give it to Yehuda because then he would have to take away Malchus from Yehuda. Says Abar Benel, what's the logic in that? Give Malchus to Yehuda. Who sinned by asking for a king? Yehuda sinned? No. Klai Yisrael sinned. So why do you have to take away Malchus from Yehuda? Give it to Yehuda. And then if the Jews sin, don't let them have a king. 
And when they do tshuva, give it back to Yehuda. What's the logic of, oh, God started Malchus with Shaul, because since the Jews sinned, and Hashem knew he's going to have to take away, so he gave it to somebody who he could take it away from. Why, if he would have given it to Yehuda, would he have to take it away from Yehuda? It's not like if Yehuda would have sinned, then I understand why you can't give it to Yehuda. But Yehuda didn't sin. The Kaisal sinned in general. And therefore, the Rabbi Arbanel says, this logic in the Ramban, who das botel. Very strong language. It's botel umavotel. Question number seven. The, Abba, the Rabban said, and the Rabban asked, Shmuel tells Shaul, Shaul, if you wouldn't have sinned, you would have been king forever. So that means you don't have to have a king from Yehuda, because Shaul would have been king forever. So the, the Rabban wants to say, no, you know what it means he would have been king? The Rabban personally says it means he would have been king on a small segment of the Jewish people, but not king over all of Israel. Says It doesn't make any sense. Shaul at the time was king over all of Israel. And the Navi says to him, the Navi says, had you not sinned, you would have continued to be king over, over all Israel. And therefore the Abarbanel offers his landmark pshat. Says Abarbanel, there is no promise in the Torah, kings always have to come from Yehuda. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't say anywhere, kings have to, kings could come from Binyamin. Kings can come from Zavulan, King Gamatali. There's no Pasuk, there's no idea, there's no Mahadrin that a Melech has to come from Yehuda. And Bakhlal, you know, we have different Perushim over here. The Gemara says the Reish Galusa comes from Yehuda. And the those who teach Torah publicly come from Yehuda. And the Targum says kings come from Yehuda. So uh, how do we reconcile all of this? Says the Ramban. Says the Ramban. When Yaakov Inu says, Lo Yasser Shevim Yehuda, he's not talking about Malchus. He's talking about who will be the leaders and the Gedolim and Kalisa. Who will be the leaders of the Jewish people from the time that Yaakov Inu died until the great day that Mashiach comes? Who will be the Gedolim Torah, the Paisei Torah, the Marbisei Torah, not from Ruben, not from Shimon, not from Levi. Yeah, you have from, but predominantly, the Gedolim of Kalisal come from Shevet Yudah. In fact, and then the, the Abarbanel, by the way, this comes from the Abarbanel, both in Sefer Shmuel, and the Abarbanel on Parshish Vayichi. The Abarbanel says, another interesting shot, Lo Yosu Shem Yehuda, means throughout Jewish history, the observant Jews in Kal Yisrael, those who have held on to Torah Mitzvahs, even in the end of days, even in America, it will always be Shevet Yehuda. The other Shvatim, they'll be exiled. They might get lost. They'll go on the other side of the Sambatyon. The only time you read about them is Mishpacha magazine. We'll find the one Shevet every week. They find a different Shevet. But besides that, we don't know that they still kept up the faith. Maybe one day they'll come back. But uh, according to Abarmanel, Yehuda means for the entirety of the history of the Jewish people, Shevet Yehuda will be connected to the main body of Jewish people. Says Abarmanel, Shevet is not Malchus, Shevet is Jewish leadership. Number one, when the brothers didn't know what to do with Yosef, who stood up and said, you know, we can't, we can't kill him? Vayemri Yehuda, Mabetza. Ruvain said A, A, B, and C. They didn't listen to Ruvain. 
when they wanted to deal with Yosef. Yehuda, last week, when they want to build the yeshiva, who builds the yeshiva? Yehuda. When whose degel was the first degel on the Kedem? Yehuda. Who traveled first? Yehuda. Whose carbon was brought on day one in the Chanukah Samizbeach? Nachshem and Aminadav, Lamate Yehuda. When they inherit Eretz Yisrael, who got the first share? Yehuda. When they count Klal Yisrael and Navi, every single time they count them, they count the rest of Klal Yisrael and then they count Yehuda separately. Yehuda is always the most prestigious of the Shvatim. Even in the times of Shaul, they counted Yehuda separately. My grandfather's from Shevet Yehuda. <laughs> and so is probably everybody in this room. Well, but, well, he, the Abarbanel says, V'gamim ha-yosh ha-shol nisman ha-melech tamid, even though when Shaul was appointed a king, the leadership and the prestige in Klal Yisrael still rested in the hands of Shevet Yehuda. And then when David and Shlomo became the kings, it was Neskaye Mor, and then when Shlomo sinned, the Malchus were divided. There was always royalty in Yehuda. And listen to this. And even when we went into Bavel, the Reish Galusa were always from Shevet Yehuda. And even the times of the Bayashani, says the Rabbah, says the Rabbah, it's ridiculous to say that the Chashmeram were, were puppets of Malchei Paras and Yavon, but rather what it means is, says the Rabbah, there was always a Nagid and always a prince in Yushalayim, who came from Shevet Yehuda. Says Abarbanel, even today, in our long and arduous Golos, quoting the Pasuk and Zechariah, of all the Jews who were exiled to France and to Spain, the Gedoyle Yisrael, without exception, come from Dovin Rashi, is a direct descendant of David. Rambam was a direct descendant of David. Marshal was a direct descendant of David. Maharal was a direct descendant of David. Let's see, is Gedal Yiran over here? Yeah. I don't remember this book. Uh, there's a book, it's not a, it's not a, say for Kodesh. It's called The Luri Legacy. Nearly all the Rabbonim. Shui, I think you're in here actually. The the Mari Mintz is in here. The Maram Katzen Ellenbogen, which almost every single Jew today is related to. All the Rabbanim and Rebbes trace back to Dominum. And this is a pshat. This we said many times. This is something uh, which is Roy Lamisha Amroy. The Abarbanel says about himself in many, many places that he is a Choyter Migeza Yishai. He himself was a direct descendant of David HaMalach. What was Shlomo HaMalach's name? Married past Paroi. Now, then the Abarbanel says, it could be, why did Rebbein Shalom start off Malchus in the hands of Binyamin? So we know that uh, the idea of a Melech is Mekimi Me'afar Adal. God lifts up from the dust um, the poor. And the lowest of all the Shvatim was Binyamin. Why was Binyamin the lowest of all the Shvatim? It was the youngest. And 
Binyamin was sort of embarrassed of what happened by Pelagish Begivah. It was the most disgraced and lowest of all the Shvatim, and therefore Binyamin uh, was Zoiche Tamalchus before anybody else. And then when Shaul sinned, it was ripped away from him, and it was given to David Amach. So according to Abar Benel, the fact that the Chashmam were Malachim, it doesn't say anywhere in the whole Torah that kings can only come from Yudah. What it means is Gedoyle, Yisrael, Jewish leadership, be it Nachshon ben Aminadav, be it Osniel ben Kenaz, be it the Malche Yehuda, be it the Bnei Banav Shalhilo Shalimdu Torah Barabim, be it the Reish Galusa, be it Rashi, Rambam, Maral, Marshal, Maram, Katzenelenbogen, and uh, almost all the Gedoyle Yisrael could trace back to David HaMelech. Lemaisa statistics have it that 80% of Jews today, of Ashkenazic Jews at least, are uh, traced back to David HaMelech. Um, Which one? <laughs> okay, so now the kasha is, Rabbi Sai. the Ramban said that's why the Chashnon were punished so severely, because they took over the Malchus, but according to the Barbanel, they didn't do anything wrong. So, Reb Tzadik HaKoyen, in defense of the Chashmonon, he says the Ramban and the Barbanel are absolutely right. It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that kings have to come from Yehuda. In fact, I, that's what they attribute to the Chassam Soifer of why uh, Hanukkah is not mentioned in the Gemara. No, Rabbi Magdala says there's a different reason why Hanukkah is not mentioned in the Gemara. Hanukkah being mentioned in the Gemara would be would, would provoke anti-Semitism. If there was a Gemara, that there was a powerful empire, and Jews armed themselves and rebelled against the empire, it makes the Goyim very nervous. So therefore, it's in order to, uh, to preserve the security of the Jewish people, we didn't want there to be a separate Masechta about Jewish resistance. Jews get very nervous when, uh, whenever you talk about resistance. Even, we'll talk about it for a second, you know, the war still get an uprising. Whatever happened over there... It, People get very nervous to say that there's any kind of Jewish resistance. People get very scared of that. Okay, whether... And there's what to say about that as well. It says Rupsalik HaKoyim. Aye, one second. What changes is the Shmona The what? The what changes is the Shmona Koyim? Um, Koyim, Levi. Levi. Aye, the Gemara says that the Shmona were wiped out to a man. It's not true, they were never wiped out. What do you mean? But the Gemara says that anyone who says they're from the house of the Shmona is a Evan. Listen carefully to how to read the Gemara. There was one last public known Chashmanai. Because everyone else was a closet Chashmanai. Because their lives were in danger by Yanei HaMelech who tried to kill them all out. So she was the last known Chashmanai. And she says, anyone who says they're a Chashmanai is an avid because I'm the last known Chashmanai and I'm about to kill myself. But there were thousands and thousands and thousands of unknown, secret, closet, chashmam. And they weren't punished, and they weren't wiped out, because they didn't do anything wrong. Because Loyos Hashem doesn't mean you can't have kings from a different Shevet. Loyos Hashem Yehuda is not only the ethical will of Yaakov, it is a prophecy that until the great day of the coming of the Mashiach, the Gedoyle Yisrael, the Manhige Ha'am, will be descendants of David HaMelech, and uh, until today, the Abar Benel says that in his time, all the Manhige Yisrael came from Shevet Yehuda. 
and you'd be surprised that uh, until Ad Yomenu, it continues to be that way. I remember I once uh, went over, I had a, a relationship with uh, a Rav, Rabbi Shlomo Warman, very interesting personality. He was, uh, he wrote a multi-volume set on, on Shas and Poiskim called She'eras Yosef, and he had in his house a Yichus Brivon. Mamish. Dar to dar to dar to dar. And he was a Levi. To Dabra Malach. To Rashi, to, to Rabbi Yochanan Sandler, and to Dabra Malach. My grandfather, before the war, he also, he had a Yichas going back to King David. But uh, the majority of Kali Yisrael, put it this way, in, uh, in the times of Rashi, there were 10,000 uh, 10, Jews, Ashkenazic Jews, and Rashi had five daughters. So statistically, everybody comes from Rashi. But uh, in that case, uh, the, the, the prophecy of Yaakov Avinu is Loyos or Sheva Yehuda or Mechoikek Mibain Raglov Ad Kiyavashila until the great day of the coming of Mashiach, when, of course, this Nebuah will be restored completely and will be Zoycha to the real Malchus of. Mashiach ben David, Shayavai Vigalenu, Amen.